0: Make sure you go find his podcast, Panthers Culture. His name is J.J. Hardy. J.J., we've got a clip here today from Ian Rappaport. He talks about you know teams who, who could be uh, looking to move players before the trade deadline, and Jerry Judy's name is on the list now. Um, you know, I, I know that Steve Smith, who who still holds a lot of sway with the Carolina Panthers organization, is not a fan of Jerry Judy's. Uh, is, is it still possible that Jerry is a potential target? for the Panthers, or are they going to have to look elsewhere?
1: I think Jerry Judy should be a target. I I saw the the little episode between he and and the Panthers legend Steve Smith, and obviously when I saw that, I was a little scared because I was like, man, you know, will this brass, especially David Tepper, who seems to have a lot of respect for Steve, will he he let the GM pursue this particular player after seeing the episode on TV? Um, But I, I hope that he's still somebody that they're looking at. Jerry Judy may not be a a wide receiver one type but he's definitely a guy who runs routes really well. Uh, He can get separation. That's something that the current crew of wide receivers can't do besides Adam Thielen. And so I think you want another guy who can run routes well, get separation especially in what I think Thomas Brown is going to be doing scheme wise and I think having another guy like that will also help Bryce, but help Adam him more, too, because right now, everybody who plays knows that we're going to Adam. And so if they want to take that away, they can. But if you have a guy like Jerry Judy, then you have to kind of pick your poison. And um, so may not be a a top-end elite wide receiver type, but I think he has that kind of upside. And so I hope that they don't take him off of the list based on that encounter with Steve Smith. And then you got to consider this, too. That's the same type of energy Steve Smith has always had towards the rest of the league, you know, when he was coming up. So, you know, I mean, it, it's not the worst thing in the world to get a, to get a wide receiver who, who would offend himself or at least stand up for himself, especially against a known bully. And so, uh, so um, I kind of like him still. I don't want them to go away from it. So we'll see what they do, though. I hope they don't take him off the list completely.
2: My guy, J.J., is T. Higgins. That's, that's who I want. Okay, it's 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 well known that Cincinnati is unlikely, right? They had that big decision. Do they go Penny Sewell in the draft or do they they go Jamar Chase? They went Jamar Chase, even though they already had T. Higgins. The byproduct of that is they might not be able to afford T. Higgins. The problem for the Panthers is what do you have to give up? You know, I I saw your uh, your joke today. Who says no? Terrace Marshall and a fifth for T. Higgins. Obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals do, but that's the guy that I've got my eye on that could be a number one for you. It's just that you know the the hard part now for me for Panthers fans is you have no capital, you have very little talent. It feels like we're years away from uh, from getting out of this, JJ. And um, I think it was uh, Diesel did a little research project uh, over the uh, over the uh, over the weekend for his Carolina Panthers kickoff show, and I think he said. Um, teams three years later when they're at the bottom of the barrel by three years later they're 5.9 wins more?
0: 5.9 wins better and 62% of the time you go from bottoming out to a winning record in three years.
2: 62% of the time within three years. That offers hope but it might take some time to get there. What do you think JJ? Uh, T. Higgins good fit? Do you make a move?
1: I would do it especially if the price is right. You know this is a time of a year where, you know, teams are looking, you know, to move off players that they know that that they won't be able to keep, they won't be able to pay. And like you said, when they signed or when they drafted Jamar Chase, and now that you know he's getting to that point where he may want an extension, these superstars are beginning extensions after their third season, especially if they know like they're elite. And so Jamar Chase is definitely that. And so I think they'll, you know, if we can offer them something fair. Um, that they consider fair, I don't I think they can't expect top of the you know market in terms of draft equity and we don't have that anyway. but uh, but I think there's a scenario where you could offer them you know maybe a a, a day two or you know a day three and a in a and a player if that's something that they need. I think T. Higgins is something that we can explore that we should as well. I like T. Higgins. He's a big target. Um, he he has great hands. he catches away from his body. You know, those are things that you like to see with big receivers, you know, especially a guy, you know, who can win those 50 50 balls. And, you know, and what I want for Bryce Young is him getting receivers that he can truly trust to make those tough catches. Because right now, I don't think he trusts anybody to make difficult catches besides Adam Thielen. And um, and Adam just isn't at the point in his career where he's going to beat somebody on 50 50 balls consistently. But T. Higgins may not give you what Jerry Judy gives you in terms of separation ability and route running ability, but I think. He's a bit target. Obviously, he has history in the Carolinas, playing at Clemson, right there in the upstate. So I think he's a, a fan favorite too. So definitely would be something that I'd be open to, and I'd be happy about if, if it happens.
0: JJ, I'm looking back at um, at Thomas Brown's last stint as a true offensive coordinator. That was 2016 through 2018 at Miami, and they had some up and ups and downs in 2016. They were consistently putting up three, four touchdown kind of games. And then it, you know, didn't look quite as good in 2017 and 2018. So uh, tell us about Thomas Brown, his philosophy, and how you think this offense is going to look different under his uh, leadership.
1: Well, you know, Thomas Brown, is a he was a player. You know, he's a running back. And, you know, I think running backs are typically aggressive type individuals. You know, it takes a, a special type of guy, you know, to line up and go run head first into 300-pounders and, 245-pound muscle up guys. And, and so Thomas Brown, you know, was a pretty good running back when he was in college. You know, it didn't really pan out for him in the league. And I think, you know, for a guy that's competitive like that, you know, he used the exposure he got from being in the league for a short stint, you know, to get into coaching. And from everything I, I read about Thomas and, you know, some of the people that have been around Thomas, you know, one in particular was Jordan Rodriguez, who used to be a beat writer for the Panthers. Um, I, re- I remember checking in with her earlier, and, and, and she was high on on Thomas Brown because of the things that she heard out there in L.A. She's now beat writer with the for the Rams. Uh, she had heard great things about Thomas Brown just being around that team, and and so Thomas Brown is coming from. I think he was coaching tight ends last year with the Rams, and and being in that Sean Vey scheme and seeing how Sean McVay thinks and processes and game plans to attack opponents. I think we're going to see some of that with Thomas Brown. Now, Thomas, he made a point to mention that he and Sean are not the same person. So I don't think we're going to see like a, a, a replica or a copy and paste type scheme and, and uh play calling from from Thomas Brown when it, when it relates to his relationship with Sean McBay. But I think you're going to see some of those concepts that you see out there, you know, with a lot of misdirection, a lot of pre-staff motion. Um, a lot of scheming to get guys open. I think we really need that right now. But I do think Thomas is going to be, he might start out conservative, but I think he's going to end up aggressive, especially if we can get him the type of players that he's accustomed to having, especially out there in L.A. If we can um, maybe acquire T. Higgins or a Jerry Judy or somebody like that, I think you'll see him be aggressive. The The thing that I worry about with Thomas Brown is that He's still a novice when it comes to being a play caller. He hasn't done it before, you know, in a real NFL game. So I think as fans, we're going to have to be patient with him because I don't know how, how, much, how many risks he's going to want to take. I don't know how aggressive he's going to be out the gate. So we might be a little disappointed early, but I think the more he gets the hang of it and, and if he gets the opportunity, right, you know, to continue on, here in Carolina calling plays, I think it's going to be something that's going to get better and better over time. You know, his challenge is going to be, we have 11 games left in this season, and if it doesn't go well in the 11 games, will the whole staff get a chance to come back and he continue to get a chance to grow into that role as a play caller? So, um, but ultimately, I think what we get from Thomas Brown is a lot of the L.A. Rams, Sean they, and which really came from the Kyle Shanahan tree. Um, we're going to get that type of offense, you know, which I like. I like the pre-snap. I like the, uh, I like the misdirection. I like the open windows for a quarterback to find receivers. I want to see that here in Carolina. I've been wanting it for a long sure, time, so I sure. finally get to see that. I just want to see aggression.